0: Now presenting And I'm so sick of people saying that that love
1: is just all a woman is fit for. I'm so sick of it. The Cinema Chicks Podcast Maybe I'm one of those people that has always wanted to do it, but it's like a pipe dream.
0: Totally. I Snap out of it! Starring Hope Johansson I'm not a poet. I'm just a woman. And Madeline Rancourt yeah, Call me Ladybird like Christine. you said you
1: would. Hey, I'm Hope. Hey, I'm Madeline. And we are the Cinema Chicks.
0: Hope, I don't know about you, but even though I love movies, I'm also trying to get into more TV shows recently. What kind of shows are you loving right now?
1: Oh my gosh. So as most of you probably know by now, we're pretty good award show junkies (laughs) Uh, and the Emmy nominations just came out and Ted Lasso on Apple TV was nominated for 23 Emmys. Oh my God. That's what I thought too. Like, I I like Jason Sudeikis. I'm not like his biggest fan or anything. Not since him and Olivia Wilde broke up. Period. I'm done, done. no kidding. Period. (laughs) No, Olivia's still good. No, Olivia Wilde supremacy in this house. <laughs> but after seeing that, it got 23 Emmy nominations, and he got like the Golden Globe for Ted oh, Lasso. Yeah. Do you remember that? Like, yeah. And there was that meme on Twitter of Amanda Seyfried in the gown. Oh, and then him in his tie-dye hoodie with the mustache. And yeah. be like, beauty standards for men versus women. It's true. That's like burned in my brain. So that was also like my turn off to the show. Because mm. I was like... You know what? Screw you, Jason. You can't get dressed up for an award show. (sighs) Disgusting. (laughs) Um, It's over. It's over. But then seeing the 23 Emmy nominations, I was like, okay, maybe I need to give this show a chance. Mm -hmm. I have a free Apple TV subscription right now. What else mm. am I doing? And I usually do like a good sports comedy entertainment because I do come from like a pretty heavily involved sports family. So, mm-hmm. and it's British too. It's what? Mo- it's mostly British people. So like, okay. oh, the concept of Ted Lasso, for those of you who don't know, is Ted Lasso is a American football coach, like like football, football, like toss the pigskin. And he wins the championship the year before, and then he gets recruited to be the manager of a British football team, which is like soccer, kick the ball with your feet football, for the team called AFC Richmond, which is really just a ploy by the manager who is, you know, total girl boss material Mm -hmm. who's trying to screw the team over because she got ownership of the team in her messy divorce. Oh, so she hires Ted Lasso to make the team fail. Oh, and he's this like you know he's from Kansas, you know, so he's a down home, good old Southern boy who just mm-hmm. wants everybody to be happy and have a great time. And it, at the beginning, you know, they're like you know, British people, so they're you know mean and mm. rude. They all call him a wanker, and <sighs> it's, it's really a, a hard time for him but he's just like the ultimate optimist and by the i binged the entire show in two days everyone it's how many episodes 10 oh okay that's not ridiculous um it, no not ridiculous <sighs> it's it's so funny it's so sweet it's got so much heart and by the end of the series like or at least the first season season two just came out and now I'm very excited but by the end of the season everybody is friends with one another they all love each other Ted Lasso like taught them about like feelings and that relationships are more important than winning and we should like all care for one another and like, honestly brings a tear to your eye. And I feel oh. like it's it's a show kind of like The Office or Parks and Rec. Okay. It's, it's yeah. kind of that kind of comedy. There's not really the asides, you know, when the characters are talking straight to camera. Oh, okay. But it, it definitely yeah. reminds me of the style and the pacing of those types of comedies. So I feel like it's kind of what we need in the wake of not having that it's like yeah 30 rock but for sports
0: okay i'm get okay so here's my issue i actually just canceled my apple tv this week because i got a notification that was like you're when your free subscription is coming up at the end of like it's gonna end at the end of the month and then you owe us money and i mean that's not literally what it said but that's the gist <laughs> of it <laughs> you owe us money at the end of the month but basically you know what those emails look like. And I was like, oh my God, no, I'm gonna forget to cancel this. So I just canceled it immediately. And then I swear I started hearing about a million things on Apple TV right after I canceled it. I am sad about it. So maybe I will renew it because I want to watch Ted Lasso and also I want to watch Schmigadoon. Schmigadoon. I keep getting ads for that yeah. on social media. Yeah, good cast, right? So I I went to Jimmy Fallon this week. It was very fun, and Fred Armisen was on, and he was. I love him. Yeah, and he's in Schmigadoon, and he was talking about it, and he was like, "Yeah, it's on Apple TV." And I literally turned to my friend, and I was like, "Oh my god, I canceled my Apple TV literally today!" And like now he's hyping up this show that I want to see. So I don't know. Maybe I'm gonna have to like renew it. It's only like $5 a month though. So I think, you know, uh, what's another subscription at this point? It's no HBO Max. Sacrifice a cup of coffee. <laughs> true. No, that's true. I should just look at it that way. So, you know, now that you've got me wanting to watch Ted Lasso when I've been wanting to watch Megadune and a million other things on there. Actually, fun fact, the director and writer of the film we're talking about today has a collection on Apple TV. That's right. And Night Shyamalan, which we're talking about as movie today, Old, which is not on Apple TV, but it is in theaters, which was kind of sweet because I saw this in theaters and before the movie started, like they did for A Quiet Place and for uh in the heights and yeah I think I think those are the only two other movies that I've seen this happen but um M. Night Shyamalan had like a little talk before about how he's been directing I think for three decades he said and going on three decades and how going to the theater and seeing movies in theaters is like very important to him obviously as it is to I would hope all of our listeners, if if you're a true movie fan, I think we all appreciate seeing movies in theaters and missed that over quarantine. So that was kind of sweet. And um, I'm excited to have seen this in theaters. And, um, you know, this didn't necessarily sell me on his content, but I will probably have to check out what he did for Apple TV because I want to say that was a TV series or like a short film series or something i don't know he did something a little bit more out of Mm -hmm. his out of his wheelhouse i guess so i'll have to check that out yeah
1: i've seen a couple of his other films and like some of them i've enjoyed but it's mostly his earlier work Mm. I, i don't know lately i haven't watched the apple tv show but like his last couple of movies especially like glass i don't know it didn't really do it for me I'm I'm a little confused as to his developmental trajectory as an artist and a filmmaker, but yeah, somehow managed to (laughs) crank out this one uh, with the very large cast. Oh, yeah. Too. But the film is starring just to name a few. Uh, Gail Garcia Bernal, Vicky Kreps, Rufus Sewell, Alex Wolf, who I don't know about you, Madeline, but a little, little bit of a between <laughs> heartthrob yes. for me. Uh, Thomas McKenzie, and another one of our favorites, Eliza Scanlon, who was in there for a hot sec. Mm-hmm. Oh, that was Thomas and Mackenzie. Yeah,
0: I was wondering who that was because she looked familiar. But yeah, there's a this is a big cast because the actors are changing throughout the film. So every time, like, I don't know, I can't really say like anyone really was that character. Like, oh yeah, that was that character. I wanna say like the parents, it was the same actor playing them throughout the whole film, but the kids, it, it changed quite frequently. This movie though, I remember seeing the trailer and sending it to you and be like, oh my God, we have to review for the podcast. This is gonna be (laughs) so good. And then it just, it was too weird for me. It just was like, I love a good, interesting concept and I have to give it to M. Night Shyamalan. This was a very interesting concept to me. I think the whole idea of like aging fast and being on this like deserted island is an interesting idea and I appreciated that. But it was just like weird, and a lot of the shots were like, "Why?" Like the cinematography, yeah. I was like, "This looks like..." And I know he did go to NYU, so I guess I don't know. It just looked like a young NYU film student no. who was like, "Let me put every interesting shot in here." And it was like, "This doesn't go together, though." Like all of a sudden, there was like this sort of like GoPro shot of the older man running. Yeah, you know this. This is interesting.
1: The cinematographer for the film works with Jordan Peele on Us. Okay, but I like that. Uh, Yes. Why do I not like this? I know. I'm a little confused. What happened?
0: Maybe. What happened here? Because, honestly, it just, there were some shots that I was like, I don't understand. And I don't need to, like, understand everything, whatever. But art
1: is art. And
0: it just, like. Some of the shots, it was a lot of like behind mm-hmm. because they didn't want to reveal that they had aged yet. But as a viewer, I'm like, okay, you've made it very clear that this is the stage that's going to happen. And I get it. It's a little boring. And it's a little like, I, I just show me what they look like. I get it now. Just show me. And especially the moment of when they're like 15 years old, we were just getting them like lying down, but like from behind. And I was like, this is not pretty to look at. Like this is not a nice, I don't know. I am the kind of person where I would just love to like take a screenshot of every frame. And I know that's not realistic, but like make it visually appealing to me and having it from like behind somebody's head over their shoulder, but they're lying down, but you're not even getting a good view of the person they're talking to. It wasn't interesting to me. And I was like, I get it. You don't want me to be shocked yet. Like, oh my God, they're old now. But I already knew that they were getting older. So I don't know
1: what the holdup is. Yeah. And I mean, that is the thing too, not to be like too film broy or whatever, <laughs> but like the, from everything I've been taught in my education on film is that it's film is moving picture. So every shot should be like a well-composed picture. Exactly. And I mean, you know, I'm not all for uh traditionalism. I love contemporary works. I love, you know, some neorealism. Yeah. But neorealism is interesting. Like
0: this was not interesting. It maybe I don't I don't want to say it was it looked <laughs> <laughs> me roasting this. I'm like, this
1: was awful. No, it's I don't want to say it looked sloppy, but mm. you know, it did it. No, it, felt, did. it felt a little juvenile.
0: Yeah, it did. And I just You're right. it it just there were so many shots where I was like, I feel like that was the moment where they're like, mm, cool idea. Let's get it from like, uh, like worm's eye view, but it's shot Worm. on a GoPro and he's like running. So it's like choppy and it doesn't go with anything else. And it's not really like from his perspective. Cause we'll never see that again done in the film. Like it just, I was like, I don't understand why. Maybe it was the editing. Like maybe they did shoot a lot of other stuff, and it would have been pieced together and make sense. But the shots,
1: no. Yeah, no. I. I think also part of the issue here is that this this was uh, all fronted by men. I don't know if there were any um, PAS or like anyone else uh, ads of other identities on the team, but all maybe the, some background. Maybe this. some background, <laughs> but everyone. <laughs> Uh, who was, had a seat at the table in terms of decision-making here was, was all men. So it that kind of makes sense as as to the logic of, like, bro, I think I've got a cool idea for this shot. <laughs> the worm's eye view. And everyone was like, bro, let's
0: do it. But and- that could work. Like, I've seen that. Like, think of, like, this is so film bro of me, but, like, think of, like, Citizen Kane, okay? Yeah. That works. This does, This didn't work. It didn't work for me. No. I I am sorry. It just didn't. And it came together for me towards the end. Mm. Sort of. Sort of. But it was very weird because this whole time, this family, they're on this trip on this nice vacation, but the parents are fighting. And then we find out that the mom has a tumor. And then we find out that
1: everyone at this, like resort has a medical issue. Yeah, I don't know why we needed that. Maybe the story was a little too layered too. Here's- well, it was, they all have these medical issues right. because they win this trip through
0: their pharmacy. This is a trip that was like a sweepstakes on a receipt, which we find out later on. And then it's revealed that these people were placed, major spoilers here, but you know, that's how that's, it, what that's how it goes on Cinema Chicks. But it's revealed at the end that They had this whole scheme of sending people to this island where people age fast because, or not uh, part of the island, rather. They send these people there to age fast so that way they can test drugs on them without it taking a lifetime. They can see that all happen in one day. So it's quick results. So they can see how these drugs affect somebody throughout all these different ages in one day, rather than like, okay, we're gonna give this child a drug and see if it helps his epilepsy throughout him aging till 80 you know right. so it made sense and I was like okay that is an interesting concept yes it sounds like something that you know pharmaceutical companies would do because <laughs> they're messed up they would they'd be up. they would they would send people to a random island to age quickly and then pretend that they just went missing and died on a vacation and do some sketchy sweepstakes that they pick a family up and yeah. just send them away so it's Honestly, it was a little bit realistic, but up until that point, I was like, this is too weird for me. And I need to know why this is happening. And then when it was revealed at the end, I was like, okay, got it. That was interesting. Then it was like, we're seeing the two children that did survive. They're like trying to like, you know, get the police onto them and stuff like that.
1: And why was my favorite part the ending? Like, I don't know. Well, because that was really the only satisfying part of the film. Because even like as we're going through this and learning about What's happening, it's so morally blurry and questionable that at times i found it hard to sit through and, like, be subject to. Mm-hmm. Granted, like, great idea. I think it's very plausible, could happen. But it, it, I, was, I hope it doesn't happen. <laughs> I, I, at this rate, Madeline, the, the world is such a kooky place. I would not be surprised uh, if it did. But with all that being said, I did find it a little hard to sit through, like a little like squirmy, kind of like, I could have lived without seeing this. Yeah. The only thing that I loved, I don't even know if I want to say loved.
0: The only thing that like intrigued me about this was the concept, but not the execution. So I feel like all I really needed from this was the trailer yeah, because the trailer gave me the concept and I was like, Ooh, interesting. I like the idea of like getting old fast, sort of interesting topic to discover. But then the execution I didn't appreciate and it just was like too weird. And honestly, like this was, a, when I saw it, as was a pretty-ish full theater. And I felt like everyone was kind of walking out being like, uh what do I think I don't even know what to think of it Mm -hmm. like I enjoyed some parts but other parts really dragged for me and like they kept going on about like we're getting old I don't know what to do Uh, we're getting old I don't know what to do but then at other moments they seemed like unfazed by what was going on in a way and like I understand that is a level of like grief and accepting of what's going on but it was just It was just too weird for me. I didn't like it. And I also didn't like how when they get to this island, there's this younger black man who's there and they automatically think that he's causing this. And I just didn't like the whole idea of like, we're automatically blaming him. It just felt like such a stereotype. And even if they want to talk about stereotypes, because that is a real thing, they could have been smarter about it. And like, it just felt like a lot of missed opportunities. Mm -hmm. And maybe they could have, like, talked more about how, like, the doctor that's on this island, this man who happens to be a doctor, he has schizophrenia. And I didn't even really notice that watching it. But now it makes sense. And it just, I don't know, it almost felt like these stereotypes of, like, oh, I'm in pain, but, like, we don't know what happened. And I can only imagine, like, being somebody who has dealt with schizophrenia or know somebody and watching this like almost I don't want to say it was a caricature of it but just the way it was done I don't yeah I want to redo somebody take this idea but do it better
1: well apparently it was based on a book called sandcastle so maybe let's just go read the book and Forget this ever happened.
0: Yeah, so let's just start a book club now.
1: (laughs) Okay, so sorry everyone, we are switching to a book podcast. Can you imagine? No. I, I don't have enough time in my week to read a whole book. Oh my god, I wish I did. And I honestly may not have as much to, not have as much to talk about, not have as strong of opinions. yeah. So, just kidding, everyone. We'll stick to
0: movies. <laughs> Whether they're good or bad. This one, I have to say, do we think the cinema chicks approve? Not today. No. Yeah. I agree. Not ever. Not ever. Never again. No. Would I rewatch this? No. <laughs> Would I suggest for anyone to watch it? No, I don't think so. I mean, if they want to see. The cinematographer's work, I'd recommend them us. If they want to see M. Night Shyamalan's work, I would suggest The Sixth Sense. Yeah. I feel like that's probably his most well-known, it's well done, critically acclaimed. I mean honestly, I'm looking at his films and like some of them are really low rated. So I'm like, buddy. do I better. He also produced this. So King is really out here just writing, directing, producing his own work. So you know, if I had
1: that opportunity I, too, would make shitty films. That's what money can do for you. <laughs> but on that note, that's a wrap. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you enjoyed it, you can rate and review us on your favorite podcast platform. Also, follow us on Instagram at The Cinema Chicks and on TikTok at Cinema Chicks.
0: And if you want to be friends, you can follow me on Instagram at MadelineDaisyRancourt and on Letterboxd at Daisy, where I believe my review of this was two stars, and I said... For why, though.
1: Or you can follow me on Instagram at Hope Johansson and on Letterboxd at H. Joha, where honestly I may not even say that I watched this. Ashamed <laughs> shame to say I did. <laughs> <laughs> and before we end today, we'd like to thank our
0: sponsors. Unfortunate Beach Vacations. The cocktails at the beginning of the film, which
1: later we found out I think they were poisonous, but they looked beautiful. And Big Pharma for being messed up. Thanks for listening. So glad we had that talk. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much.